0: You are listening to Vital Signs, a podcast for Centera providers. Welcome to Episode 1 of the Patient Safety Series. In today's episode, we are joined by Dr. Joel Bundy, Chief Quality and Safety Officer. Before we turn things over to Dr. Bundy, let's go over some important CME announcements. This episode has been accredited for AMA PRA Category 1 credits for detailed accreditation and designation information along with disclosure information, please visit the show notes. This information can also be found on our website, www.centera.com forward slash physician education, as well as always reaching us by email at physicianeducation at Now here is Dr. Bundy.
1: Many reference the United States Institute of Medicine seminal work to Air is Human as the beginning of the modern patient safety movement. In that 1999 publication, it was estimated that between 44,000 and 98,000 people died each year from medical errors, equal to the numbers expected if a Boeing 747 crashed every single day. It has been estimated that 3.7% of hospitalized patients experienced adverse events with negligence causing 27.6% of those events. From the same study, Dr. Lucian Leap of Harvard Medical School found that 58% of adverse errors were attributed to errors in management. Over the subsequent three decades, there continued to be reminders that patients were still not as safe as many of those earlier visionaries had hoped for and some have described the patient safety movement as having only meager progress. If one considers a broader definition of preventable errors, it is estimated that the incidence rate for patient deaths from preventable harm to be between 210,000 and 400,000 per year. This estimate came from a literature review of preventable adverse events that included errors of commission, omission, communication, and diagnostic errors. Equally concerning, serious harm was estimated to be 10 to 20 times more likely than preventable deaths. In a 2016 Johns Hopkins study they calculated the mean rate of death from medical error of 251,454 a year, using the studies reported since that 1999 Institute of Medicine report and then extrapolating to the total number of US hospitals and their admissions in 2013. What makes this report noteworthy was the declaration that medical error was the third leading cause of death in the United States. This resonated with the public and media similar to the Boeing 747 analogy of estimated deaths from the IOM report. With this limited progress, there have been a search for new and different ways to improve patient safety. Many thought to look outside of healthcare, factoring in mechanisms of cognitive errors, solutions from the field of psychology and human factors research. It was further recommended that medicine specifically study lessons from highly reliable organizations. The concept of high reliability has been present for many years and High Reliability Organizations, or HROs, were noted to have effective management of innately risky technologies through organizational control. HROs such as nuclear power plants, flight operations aboard U.S. Navy aircraft carriers, and air traffic control have been extensively studied, and HROs are defined as those where accidents are expected to occur normally due to operational risk and task complexity, but do not occur because of the organization's devotion to zero rates of error, what we would say in healthcare, zero harm. To understand how HROs prevented errors, researchers proposed several models to understand better harm events and how they occurred. One such model is the cause and effect model where human error directly leads to injury. This linear model explains some workforce injuries like slips and falls, but typically doesn't explain many of the other recognized harm events. Dr. James Reason proposed a Swiss cheese model of defenses by adding complexity to that linear harm event model. In this model, there are active failures by people at the sharp end or at the bedside. Coupled with system problems, Reason labeled these system problems latent conditions. Examples of latent conditions could be poor design or shortfalls in training. Another error model was proposed where errors were actually caused by the system. This has been described as the sharp end model. In this model, system errors operating in a nonlinear complex system then triggers the Swiss cheese effect. Within this framework of errors, it is imperative that there is an understanding of human performance. The Department of Energy Human Performance Handbook lays out five principles which reinforce the importance of the system over that of the individual. Number one, people are fallible and even the best people make mistakes. Number two, error-likely situations are predictable, manageable, and preventable. Number three, individual behavior is influenced by organizational processes and values. Number four, people achieve high levels of performance because of the encouragement and reinforcement received from leaders, their peers, and subordinates. And number five, events can be avoided through an understanding of the reasons mistakes occur and application of those lessons learned from past events. And the operative word there is learning. This handbook also states, and I quote, error is universal. No one is immune regardless of age, experience, or educational level. The saying, to err is human, is indeed a truism. It is a human nature to be imprecise or to err. Consequently, error will happen. No amount of counseling, training, or motivation can alter a person's fallibility. End of quote. Since errors are inevitable, it requires building capacity and resiliency into the system. With an underpinning of what just culture is, we're dealing with individuals' mistakes and harm. Thinking needs to shift from who failed to what failed in the pursuit of system solutions. Within the safety scientists, researchers were sort of studying those HROs that had fewer accidents than would be expected given the complexity of the work. Key characteristics from these industries in areas of both prevention and organizational resilience were defined, encompassing both the anticipation of errors that should not happen and containment when errors do occur. Prevention of errors requires a focus on removal of unwanted variation in practice. Knowing that humans will make mistakes, building capacity and resilience into the system will mitigate against injury or harm, and that is paramount in reliability systems. It requires the system to bounce back and to learn from these events, and importantly, to spread that learning throughout the rest of the system. As reliability is a dynamic non-event that is very, very hard to measure, it requires an organizational culture that fosters respectful interactions between various members of the team. This is called mindful organizing, where the team works in an infrastructure built on trust. There's a shared understanding around mission and around operations while effectively improving the collective action of the organization. Even with team turnover as seen on the United States Navy aircraft carriers, sustainability occurs through the constant operational training and retraining to improve skills and is a means for socialization across a continuously learning organization. According to some researchers, HROs exhibit five principles that make up mindful organizing, and you've heard these before. Number one, preoccupation with failure. Number two, reluctance to simplify. Number three, having sensitivity to operations. Number four, a commitment to resilience. And number five, deference to expertise. The first three of these principles focus on prevention of errors, and the last two on organizational resilience. Additional characteristics from research in the safety culture of aviation and healthcare revolve around system barriers that could achieve six sigma levels of safety, that is three errors per one million opportunities. This includes the building of guardrails, effective teamwork, evidence-based practices, optimizing safety strategies throughout the organization, and simplifying burdensome and overly complex rules. To improve safety and system performance, healthcare organizations have begun to incorporate such high reliability organizing into their safety programs through change initiatives. By building specific structures of a safety management system within a learning organization, these HRO principles can be inculcated in this strategy, and daily operations. They mirror known foundational requirements to create system safety, such as leadership, engagement, and learning systems. HROs have a safety management structure with multiple informational inputs, such as from safety culture surveys, incident reporting systems, such as our STARS program, leadership walk rounds, physician and nursing peer review, our serious safety events with root cause and apparent cause analysis. More recently, we've been looking at our grievance and complaint reviews, and of course, outcome measures with external benchmarks against other systems or the Medicare population as a whole. Execution of these principles can be done through bundled skills for both leaders and for staff. These leadership skills are a practical means to accomplish HRO principles. Leadership walk rounds, for example, allows the leader to be aligned with operations at the bedside and to learn from those with expertise who are doing the work. In addition to these leadership bundles, sharp end staff, or those at the bedside, are taught universal skills for error prevention. These universal skills include things like attention on task, communicating clearly, thinking critically, adhering to protocols, and more importantly than many of these, speaking up and escalating. These specific tools are taught for each of these safety habits. There are a growing number of healthcare organizations that have demonstrated improved safety performance with implementation of high reliability organizing. Concentrating on the HRO attributes of respectful interactions and heedful interrelating, one hospital in Brooklyn, New York, created a code of mutual respect for their medical staff and employees, effectively speaking up and handling disrespectful behavior improved post implementation. The Children's Hospital Solution for Patient Safety leveraged HRO principles and have been able to save 15,589 children from serious harm, with 300 fewer central line associated bloodstream infections and estimated cost savings of $20 million across 110 hospitals in 2019. An additional example comes from the Connecticut Hospital Association where implementation of high reliability principles led to a 50% reduction and serious safety events. According to the authors, elimination of preventable harm through a high reliability framework requires system readiness to classify and capture safety events and to use champions to change the safety culture across the organization. High reliability is being implemented within healthcare today and with beneficial results for patients and organizations alike. By applying these principles throughout an organization, high-reliability organizing can be the chassis that leads to enterprise transformation. Centera Healthcare began our HRO journey in 2002 towards improved patient safety across all divisions in the organization through implementation of these high-reliability principles. Serious safety events decreased by 80% over the next seven years. In 2009, there was organizational growth through mergers, and the original seven hospitals grew to 12 with 2,641 acute care beds across Virginia and North Carolina. Cultural and organizational barriers, executive succession, staff turnover, all resulted in a lack of sustainment evidenced by increases in wrong side events, serious safety events, central line associated bloodstream infections and falls with injuries. Variability was seen in patient satisfaction, employee engagement, an application of just culture, both with employees and the medical staff. Were we using relevant and practical high-reliability tools across all clinical and non-clinical staff and the physicians and providers in the acute care divisions, the medical group, and the health plan? Were these concepts less well understood within areas such as information technology, finance, and facilities? It became evident to centera that we needed to refocus on doing what we had done well back in 2002. We had to address the drift. So now let's talk about safety habits and tools, leadership skills, and some areas we still need to focus on and to dig deeper and to keep our patients and each of us safe. We'll do that next time. The HRO journey never ends.
0: Thank you for joining us and be on the lookout for episode two of the patient safety series with Dr. Joel Bundy. You've been listening to Centera Healthcare's Vital Signs, a podcast for Centera providers. As a reminder, read today's show notes for information about claiming your continuing education credits. Well, that's it for now, but we'll be back soon with another episode of Vital Signs, a podcast for Centera providers the podcast that provides evidence-based education programs for physicians and healthcare providers on the go.